the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into our uh, third hour today and going into the weekend. It is a delight to bring back, as we do most Fridays, Rabbi Pinchas Alou. She is the head rabbi at Congregation Beth Tefillah here in Scottsdale, T-E-F-I-L-L-A-H, on Shea Boulevard. All are welcome, religious or not Jewish or not. And he is also the host of the Rabbi Alush podcast, which you can hear on Apple Podcasts. He spells his last name A-L-L-O-U. C-H-E. Rabbi, it's a pleasure to have you back. It's just wonderful. I get such great feedback from uh, our interactions, and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving some of your time to us as we go into uh, the Friday afternoon, Friday evenings, the Sabbath. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. It's a delight always. We like to do this with Rabbi Alush because after a week of, you know, a lot of stress and political and daily stuff, we like to end the week with kind of a Kind of a thought that goes into a, a weekend or Sabbath mentality. This weekend is particularly, uh, shall we say, poignant because it leads into one of the most, uh, I don't know if it's, imp- I actually don't know if you can say it's one of the most important days of the year. I'd like your opinion on that, but it's one of the most well-known holidays for the Jewish people, Yom Kippur, uh, which uh, begins Sunday evening. And um, you have a podcast dedicated to that, titled "Living Today as If It Was Our Last Day." Can you say it's it's the maybe we don't rate holidays? I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, that's appropriate right. to say that uh, we don't rate holidays and we don't rate days. Yeah, every day is the most important yeah. day. Today is the most important yeah. day, yeah. but it certainly is maybe the most purifying holiday. It is the day in which indeed God cleanses us. And uh, we emerge from that day as a one-day-old baby, pure of sins, ready to tackle the year ahead. You know, it's rooted in the Bible because the day when Moses came down with the second set of tablets and uh, shared the news to the Israelites that they were forgiven was the day of Yom Kippur. And therefore, it is called indeed Yom Kippur, which means the Day of Atonement. And ever since, we've been celebrating this day in prayer, in meditation, but most importantly, in taking upon ourselves good resolutions for the year ahead so that we can uh, uh, do something with that purification, not just let it dissipate, but rather make it build us and make us grow. You know, it's an, it's a, it's an ironic thing that so many um, people in the Jewish community or the Jewish faith think of Yom Kippur as kind of something not to look forward to because it's a day of fasting, total fasting, total deprivation of any fluids or anything like that. And um, and in the synagogue all day long. Uh, but there is an interesting, if I'm not mistaken, an interesting Talmudic comment that among all this, amongst all this atonement, fasting, self-deprivation, if you will, I believe that there is a Talmudic statement that says it's actually the happiest day of the year because of the reconciliation that people should be looking forward to with God and with fellow human beings. That's correct. That's correct. And this whole approach to this day as uh, with with sadness, with grief, with fear and trepidation 
is really not not uh, encouraged by the sages, and it's certainly not the Jewish way to prepare for any type of day. But um, it is a day in which we are cleansed. That's why we fast, too. It's not just self-deprivation, but it's in order to reset not just a physical self, but also a spiritual self, which is very much connected to the physical self, and to almost leave this world and uh, elevate ourselves to an angelic state so that we can immerse ourselves in that relationship with God on this holy day and uh, ensure that we begin the year with God, with God, with us, and with us, with him. And with each other. There's this kind of duality going on, our beseeching of God to forgive us our sins of the past year, yes, but also there's something very important about uh, reconciling with our fellow human beings, and that's not exactly something you can go to God to, right? That's right, and we are very much encouraged, even the... uh, you know, it is demanded that we ask for forgiveness from one another before we ask for forgiveness from God. And the idea is because one, God won't forgive us fully if we are not able to forgive others fully. It's almost like a parent with his children. If the children do not get along, then uh, there is this, this tension that exists between the parent and the children. So God wants us to first and foremost get along as his children. And once he sees that unity, then he says, oh, now I can be fully and entirely devoted to our relationship. But I will say further, I will go even further, because as the Jewish sages teach us, when there is tension between human beings, the tension does not just exist between human beings. It exists between one soul that is supposed to be one. You see, You, Seth, have a piece of God in you. I have a piece of God in me. Every human being has a piece of God in them. Our duty on this planet is to unite with one another so that this peace of God can be wholesome year below. When we have tension between one another, it's not just, again, physical beings arguing and and being in conflict, but it's that peace of God that is supposed supposed to be one that is now shattered because of this tension. So what we do on Yom Kippur or just before Yom Kippur is that we recommit ourselves to the wholesomeness of that divine, that collective divine soul. When God sees that his collective divine soul is one below, he says, oh, now I can be one with it. And now we can really uh, reinvigorate or reinforce ourselves for the year ahead. I almost wonder if that's kind of the secret to reconcil- reconciling with other fellow, with our fellow human beings. We're asking God to see our soul and not anything else. We're asking, uh, he's asking us to see our fellow human beings whom we may have had uh, disturbances, turbulences, machlochet with. Is that the right word? <laughs> uh, we're, we're asked to see their soul, too, and see each other as connected as souls, and not that outside nonsense that may have aggravated us or them about us. I wonder if that, there's kind of that duality, too. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you know, it reminds me, I was speaking to a friend this week who said that he spoke to a Holocaust survivor not long ago who told him that he never had a bad day in his life. So he said to the Holocaust, how could that be? Never had a bad day? He said, look, I never had one full bad day. And every day there are happy moments and there are sad moments. So one full bad day I've never had in my life, even in the Holocaust. I think it's true for days. It's true for people. To dismiss people because they're bad, because they're toxic, I think is plainly wrong. 
because just as it is in days, there are happy sides, there are good sides to every person. And that is indeed one of the methods that we may use in order to reconcile with someone else, to focus on that goodness, to not dismiss a person entirely because we think he's entirely bad. Just as there are no bad days, so too there are no completely bad people. I love that thought, um, and I love the thought of forgiving fellow man. By the way, the offer, as I understand it, to forgive someone, when you go and approach someone to forgive them, uh, I believe they have an obligation to receive it if it comes with sincerity. Right. They do, and we have to be flexible, and we have to give people second chances and even third chances and even fourth chances. And uh, to the extent that even the Talmud says, that one who is flexible, yeah. God will be flexible with him and forgive him or her for all of his sins. Oh, yeah. No, you told me this. This is my gateway. This is the key. This is my only key in. This, you, you gave me this one a long time ago. I, I'm, I'm, resting my, uh, I'm, resting, <laughs> I'm resting my situation on that one. That better, I have a better bear out. <laughs> and let me tell you my secret. So am I. <laughs> there is something about getting along with one another before we can— be good with God or, or, or close to or uh, in favorable uh, uh, sight of God. There is something about getting, uh, getting good with your fellow human being, though, isn't there? In a lot of different aspects, um, living with resentment against someone or with someone, uh, it, it, it really doesn't do anything to that person necessarily. Heck, they may not even be thinking of you. Often the person with resentment thinks more about the person they're resentful against than the person who is being thought of often, often. But, you know, one of the several undercurrents that we, you and I, that is to say, talk about here sometimes is the relationship uh, in being good with yourself and good with God um, and, and, and living uh, soberly so that you can move forward and positively in life. It's interesting to me, as I was studying up on some of the rules of Yom Kippur and getting good with your fellow man, it's interesting. I was thinking about uh, one of the basic elements of recovery in the 12-step programs is something known as Step 9, which is a crucial element where you have to make direct amends to such people wherever possible. You have to make amends to people. Otherwise, you will continue to harm yourself. I wonder if we could talk a little bit about sure. the self-harm of resentment when we come back. Absolutely. Rabbi Alush is my guest, and forgive me, he brought with him a guest of his, which is his daughter Sarah, who we also welcome to the studio. Great to have you here. Rabbi Elushin, I'll be right back. Boy, that sounds like a shofar, doesn't it? Rabbi Elush is my guest, Rabbi Pinchas Elush. He's the host of the Rabbi Elush podcast, heard on Apple Podcasts. He is the head rabbi at, rabbi at uh, Congregation Beth Tefillah, T-E-F-I-L-L-A-H, on Shea Boulevard. Uh, this Yom Kippur holiday that is upon us, uh, that uh, starts Sunday evening, we'll get to the Torah portion of the week and its relevance too, but we were talking, one of the elements of Yom, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, before you can get good with God, you have to get good with your fellow man. And I was just relating that. It's an interesting thing across many different areas of positive life styles and positive living. I was saying in the very well-known 12-step programs that many in uh, recovery are aware of is they can't get recovery until they do what is known as step nine, make direct amends to such people. You can't live in life resentful. You can't, you can't live, as you put it in your podcast, you can't live every day as if it was your last day. You can't live any of the things that you talk about in your podcasts about having a happy day, a happy new year, a happy life, living life to your fullest, you can't do it 
when you're not good with your fellow man, when you carry resentments around. Right. And, and there are many reasons for that. But if I had to name the two most important reasons for, for not being not uh, like you just said, you just can't live life with resentment. I would name the following two. Number one, because hatred hurts the hater the most, uh-huh. as they say. Yeah. It is as toxic as it gets. Someone told me it is like setting yourself on fire and hoping that your enemy dies from inhalation. Yeah. Of the <laughs> smoke, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so, so it really hurts the person the most. But secondly, also, because what it does is that it makes your life small. Yeah. It makes your life a life of trivialities instead of, li- uh, instead of a life of important milestones. You know, this, this is true also before the conflict happens. If, like, like you were saying before, if today, if I am living my life meaningfully, if I am living my life as if today was my last day and I'm driving down the street and someone cuts me, what, how will I react? If it's my last day, I'll say I have more important things than getting upset now. So what if that person cut me? And I think that that is the second reason that we have to think of before falling into this trap of this toxic trap of resentment. And that is that, one second, am I really going to lead my life into that stupid, trivial hole of someone cut me and therefore I'm upset? Therefore, I have so many more important things to do in life than focus on those trivialities. So those are the two primary reasons. Of course, there are more. But I will also add what Nelson Mandela, whom I had the privilege, and we spoke about this of meeting just by chance once in South Africa. No, I did. No, no, we haven't yeah. done that. Yeah, We were, I was, uh, I was 11 years old, and I was walking with some of my friends to synagogue on a Sabbath, and there he was. And we immediately identified him, you know, he was... He was maybe the most famous person in South Africa at the time. This was in 1991. And uh, he himself approached us too. Uh, He was very kind and very, very gracious with his time, with his attention, with his smile. And um, he even, you know, he even actually uh, praised the idea of the Sabbath. Uh, He knew very much how important of a day it is. But I'm thinking of Nelson Mandela who who said that after he was released and he was asked, of course, what you were tortured now for 27 years, old, uh, 27 years. you were uh, isolated in this, in this island, Robben Island off the coast of Cape Town, South Africa, um, and, and you were literally tortured. Uh, don't you have any resentment? And he responded, resentment is like drinking poison and hoping that your enemy dies yeah, from it. Right. Which is the same idea. Yeah. Why focus on resentment on the past? when the future is awaiting us to act and to to brighten it. You know, it's it's an interesting thing when you think about the kind of life you live, Rabbi, where you uh you comport yourself with daily reminders of your faith in and with God and the observant uh, Jews uh that go to synagogue and pray three times a day. Because one of the interesting things about Yom Kippur, as I wrote down from an email you sent around, uh, based on a story which we can tell in a moment, is that um, when we beseech God to forgive us our sins, uh, I I believe you you wrote, we give God whatever merits we may have, and we offer him many promises for the future with a broken heart. We vow that we will become more caring and loving toward our family, our friends, even strangers. We pled to add more commandments to our lives, more good deeds to our lives, to do more 
and be more. And <clears throat> it's this notion that we do this for a day. Uh, ideally, people will do it more than once a day, but at least on Yom Kippur, most, most Jews uh, who go to synagogue on any given day in a year will do it on Yom Kippur. They beseech this, but it's that very thing you said. Then they go out, they make a right, and someone cuts them off in traffic and, you know, the middle finger flies or they yell something or an expletive or something like that. You need the constant reinforcement of the reminder of this because it is so easy to be – to have a disturbance in your force, shall we say. It's so easy. That's right. Uh, and uh, that's human nature yeah. to, that, that we, we can just slip back to our old self very yeah. quickly. Yeah. But in that's an instant, why, without thinking about it. Th- that's correct. And that's why I encourage my congregants, I encourage myself – Encourage everyone that they not only elevate themselves to their best selves, to that spiritual state, but that they also take upon themselves a good resolution so that they are reminded through that good resolution that should be actualized every day to better themselves and to constantly grow so that these moments won't just dissipate into oblivion. Yeah, that was the message of your podcast this week, as it was our la- uh, live today as if it was our last day. Uh, you start with a line from uh, Steve Jobs, of course. and uh, But then you ask at the end uh, to just take on maybe one more thing as part of the new year, just one more good deed. Is it for the year or at least for the foreseeable future for what you can do? Just one more thing. Add. Mm-hmm. Add one more thing. Be mo- be a little more conscientious about who you are and what you're doing. And then you said something that I really want to pick on you about because, or I'd like you to delve into. Sure. Because I've heard it. I've heard you say it a few times, and I bet you haven't been asked about it. And uh, it seems almost as if you want to be asked about it. Okay. And I bet you haven't. Um, I'm a good listener. Mm-hmm. You you say do one good do one more good thing. For you, the real you. Mm. I have heard you use this phrase, the real you, many, many, many times. What do you mean by the real you? How much, I know you mean something. How much time do we have? Well, we can take a commercial <laughs> break and come back on it. You, we could sec- come oh, back on it. You want to do that? We, we can do that. I'll, okay. just say, I'll just say that it really relates, and then we can develop the okay. idea after the commercial break. But it really relates to the very first question that God asked of man. Okay. After Adam sinned and ate from the forbidden tree, as the Bible teaches us, God appeared to Adam and he said to him, where are you? Yeah. Now, what was he referring to? Doesn't God know everything? And the answer that... And there weren't that many people. That's right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's right. Is God blind? Right. But the, the answer that one of the Hasidic commentaries really offer is that God was asking Adam, where is the real you? Okay. The you that sinned is not the Adam I know. Okay. Where's the real Adam? All right, let's we can develop this yeah, we'll idea. We'll pick up on that when we yeah. come right back. Rabbi Pinchas Alush is my guest. A-L-L-O-U-C-H-E. He goes by Rabbi Alush, but Pinchas is P-I-N-C-H-A-S as well. P-I-N-C-H-A-S. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Rabbi Pinchas Alush joins us as we head into the weekend, into the uh, Saturday, Sunday, and the Sabbath mode, whether you uh, celebrate uh, Sabbath on uh, Friday night and Saturday or whether you celebrate it on Sunday. And then, of course, if you are of the Jewish faith, Yom Kippur is uh, on uh, most of the day Monday. Uh, and in your podcast, Rabbi, just before the break, I was pushing you on this notion, uh, the title of your most recent one, 
living today as if it was our last day, you speak of this real you. And you were talking about, and I was asking you, what does this mean, the real you? It seems to me, in a lot of cases, um, well, I, I don't know. This gets into a very deep thing about goodness or badness of individuals at their heart and at their soul. But the real you, it seems to me, we need God's commandments to improve ourselves, to live a better life, to live a more meaningful life, and that the real you absent that is something very different from you with that. And you had related it to God talking to and admonishing Adam. Right. The real you. So so I would say there are two yous. You know, it's interesting because in Hebrew, the word for face is in the plural tense. Panim, faces. There is no word in Hebrew for one face. Oh, okay. And that is because we believe that everyone has two faces. There is our deepest face, a face that is divine, a face where we can actually see our endless potential, a face with all of the promising dreams that we carry deep within. But then there is the face with all of the insecurities and fears and doubts that we have, maybe because of the challenges of life or maybe because sometimes that's our nature. What God wants us to show up with every day is the real you, that first face, the face with the divine abilities to conquer the world, each in our own way and, of course, in a good and positive way, to have that impact, to brighten that light, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I, I will quote a, a fascinating study. I'm sure many of your listeners have heard about it, uh, uh, performed by Gil Zamora, who's an FBI forensic artist, and he was once placed in the room behind a curtain. And there were, in front of the curtain, there was a parade of some 20 ladies who had to sit down in a chair one at a time and describe themselves to Gil Zamora. And Gil Zamora would sketch those ladies. But that wasn't the experiment. The real experiment was what happened afterwards. And that is that they asked now these 20 ladies to come back into the room with a person next to them. And they each sat down in the same chair. But this time, it was the person standing next to them who had to describe the ladies to Gil Zamora. who was behind the curtain, could not see them. He had to again sketch them a second time, but this time based on the description of a, a person that was standing next to the lady. What he found out is that the description of the people that were describing the, the observer, ladies yeah. was much more accurate yeah. and more beautiful, too. I was going to say, was it more flattering? <laughs> much more than the description of the ladies themselves no on kidding. themselves. No the ladies were not only giving an inaccurate uh, description of themselves, and the sketches of Gil Zamora show, showed this, but they were also giving an ugly description of themselves. Because you could certainly go the other way. You right. could certainly be arrogant or, or narcissistic right. and think you're better exactly. than you are. But exactly. they, the, the default is to think we're worse than we that's are. That's right. And, and, and that's exactly what he deducted from this study, that we see ourselves in a very dark light. Others see ourselves much in a much brighter light than we see ourselves. And what a Shanda, as they yeah. say, what, what, what a shame that is. Yeah. If only we can see our real you, uh-huh. then we would also live a more accurate life. And what I mean by that, accurate and aligned with, with who we truly are and we, who we were created to be. As, as a creature of God. That's correct. You view That's yourself correct. as a creature of God and your fellow man as a creature of God. It's awfully hard to be angry and resentful towards that person. That was going back to our first segment, recognizing the soul in someone as we want our soul recognized by God, yes? Very well said, exactly. That's fantastic, Rabbi. Um, 
face. That's what you were talking about, the body part mm-hmm. of the face. Is it a body part? It's a body part. It's a part of the mm. body. Let's talk about the heart. Mm. You open, um, I opened my email this morning with a story from you about the heart right. and uh, a piece of jewelry. And I wonder if you will tell the audience a little story about the heart and jewelry when we come right back. Absolutely. This is what we call a tease in Radio Sarah. <laughs> Something to keep the audience interested as you go to a commercial break so they'll come back. That's right. And it's a stunning story. You Hearts won't want to miss it. Hearts and diamonds, folks. Hearts and diamonds and gold. Who would want to miss that? Rabbi Pinchas Lucius, is my guest. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. It's uh, been a delight to start the new year. Is it fair to say that? We're starting the new year, the Jewish New Year anyway, with Rabbi Pinchas Salush. September is always a new year for me anyway. It's never been January for me. I guess it's the academic stuff. I always think school starts, that's the new year. So it's Mm -hmm. always been September for me. Anyway, Rabbi Pinchas Salush, A-L-L-O-U-C-H-E. He is the host of the Rabbi Alush podcast, heard on Apple Podcasts, a new one every week, not more than five minutes, and they will change, um, they will change your, your whole uh, worldview. You give it five minutes, and I often say it's only five minutes, and I have to listen to it many times to get everything I can out of it. He's also the head of Congregation Beth Tefillah on Shea Boulevard, T-E-F-I-L-L-A-H, House of Prayer, all are welcome, Jewish or not, uh, observant or religious or not. All right, Rabbi, tell the audience the story that I woke up to in my email box, a story about a jeweler and uh, a heart. Right. It's a riveting story, really, about this young girl, maybe she was seven or eight years old, who walked into a jewelry store in Jerusalem, and uh, she was scouring the, the different diamonds and the bracelets and necklaces and so on. And then she goes to the store owner, and she said, look, I found this bracelet that I really want to buy. And the store owner, being gracious, says to the seven-year-old girl, well, uh, sure, I mean, you have expensive taste. (laughs) She picked picked one one of our shiniest bracelets. I can sell it to you, but how much money do you have? Do you think you have enough money? And she takes out all of her money out of her pocket, puts it on the table, and says, yes, I think I have enough money. The store owner counted the money, and there were maybe, let's say, 16 shekels and 23 agurot, which is about $3. (laughs) <laughs> so, But the store owner says to the girl, look, I think you have enough money, but let me ask you a question. Who do you want to buy this bracelet for? And she says, well, I'd like to buy this bracelet for my older sister who's been taking care of us ever since my parents died. The store owner was so moved. He says to the girl, yes, of course you have enough money. Let me pack it up for you. And she sends her home with the bracelet. A few hours later, that older sister now comes to the store and goes directly to the store owner with the bracelet saying, I'm so embarrassed. I saw the price tag. It says $3,000. I'm sure that my sister didn't have enough money. Take it back. I don't know what happened, but I apologize if she took this without permission. And the store owner says, are you crazy? I gave it to her with my full heart. She owns it now. And the sister said, well, how could, it, how could that have happened? And the store owner says, well, look, your, your sister came with so much love. And with a broken heart, that to me, that was worth much more than the money that she had in her pocket. So she deserves it. She owns it. And the store owner went on to say that he had never felt that much love ever since his wife had given it to him and she had just passed away a few months ago. Um, But it's a story that I think represents really our attitude towards these high holidays, the holiest day of the year, if that's how we called it. Yom Kippur, which is coming up on Sunday night, and 
on Monday, we come to God and we want to purchase many things. We want to purchase a good, healthy year. We want to purchase a good livelihood. We want to purchase uh, good, uh, you know, good relationships and so on and so forth. God might say, well, I'm not sure if you have enough money for all of that, if you have enough merits for all of this. And then we say to God, look, we may not have Important, enough. Important, not enough merits, right. That's I, right. I, I don't, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah of right. course, yeah, money yeah, yeah. is right, the right, analogy. Right, yeah. right, right. But not enough merits. Yeah. And God says to us, well, you may not have enough merits, but I can feel your broken heart. Right. I can feel that love, and that buys it all. And um, really, that is the secret to our relationship with God, to prayer. You know, there is one of, one of the great Hasidic masters, Rabbi Nachman of Breslev, would often say that there is nothing more wholesome than a broken heart. When we come with that attitude and when we come with that love in our heart, then I think that pierces all of the gates of the heavens. And then God says, oh, I can feel your love. I love you too. Mm -hmm. I want that relationship too. I cherish it too. And I'll give you what you want. There's a lot of analogies and metaphors in what you said, the merits and the money, the emptying of the pockets, because Mm. that's a particular practice this time of year too, isn't it? We empty our pockets around a body of water. That's correct. We empty our pockets, and that's that's a big analogy for different things. We empty our pockets on Rosh Hashanah. We empty our pockets to empty out our sins, the sins of our pockets uh, or from our pockets. But sometimes we empty our pockets also to give to others. When God sees that we're charitable towards others, then God becomes charitable towards us. And therefore, many during these days really engage in activities of charity, of what we call tzedakah, of helping the poor or tending to the underprivileged. And that in of itself also uh, creates for us a, a, a very big merit that stands for us during these holy days. The notion of a broken heart is just such a powerful thing. And I would say that probably more people struggle with that than almost anything else. Probably in life they do. If it's not an addiction, it's a broken heart. And of course, those things can enforce one another in a vicious cycle. Uh, wonderful line in The Wizard of Oz where the Tin Man is begging the the fake wizard for a heart. and It's a powerful, powerful moment in the movie and in the book where the wizard says, you don't want one of these. It's an imperfect instrument. God's never made one that doesn't break. Mm. It's a powerful, powerful thought. All of which to say is there's something about the person with the broken heart being the most easily... How do I want to say this? It's not that God wants a broken heart, but when you have a broken heart, there is something about bringing you closer to God with the broken That's when you are closest with God in a, ser- in a certain sense, because you are open and vulnerable to so much. It seems to me when you need God most is when you have a broken heart. Someone once said, anyway. I, right. Uh, and I, and I, I will, I'm fishing. I'm struggling to get it all out, but I think you know what I'm saying. I, absolutely. But I, 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 of course, want to make this distinction between a broken heart and a shattered heart. Correct. A shattered heart is a heart that is so filled with brokenness that it can't function anymore. Yes. Broken heart means that we have a little crack in our heart, yeah. which is always good. Yeah. Why? Because it invites humility, and it also invites authenticity. That is the key to our any relationship, but particularly to our relationship with God. God wants us to be a little humble and authentic, And then he says, oh, okay, I see that you're humble, that you're giving me room. You're allowing me to come into your lives. And I also see that you're authentic, that you're genuine. Please, I I welcome you. I welcome our relationship. Uh, uh, You know, 
speaking of that crack in our heart, I will also say that I think it's key for growth mm-hmm. because one cannot, which is also a major theme of the high holidays, how can we grow? How can we take upon ourselves good resolutions to continue that spiritual growth? One cannot grow with a sealed heart. Right. One cannot grow without the recognition that there is so much more to feel, so much more to love, and therefore so much more to give. That crack in the heart provides just that. As with any muscle, it needs strain to build. Yes? Right. Uh, Nice. Rabbi Pinchas Alush, thank you so much for being with us this week, especially going into the Sabbath and going into the high holiday of Yom Kippur, and it's a delight to meet your daughter, Sarah. Welcome again. Hopefully you'll join us. It wasn't so bad here, was it? <laughs> I'm Seth Leibson for Rabbi Pinchas Alush and uh, Sarah. We will be right back with Thank you. And may I wish you, Seth, and all of your listeners a happy and sweet and healthy year. Portions of this show are brought to you by our good friends at Y Refi. They are locally based here on Scottsdale Road in the 101, and they offer up an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return. And if you're worried about stock market volatility or inflation or recession, it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that offers a 10.25% fixed rate of return. 10.25% fixed rate of return. Why why Refi is a due diligence approved firm where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24, 888-Y-REFI-24. Young David, as we close out the week here, I believe you said you wanted to weigh in on that notion I was raising with Rabbi Alush about the necessity of um, making amends with your fellow man before you are able to do so with God. And I was talking about it with him in respect to the holiday of Yom Kippur, also one of the very serious uh, tenets or steps in Alcoholics Anonymous, yes? Sure. Well, we talked about uh, broken hearts, but I guess the question is, how do we fix broken hearts and what brings happiness? And uh, a Christian recovery group called Celebrate Recovery would turn your eyes towards the Beatitudes, and they would say, evaluate all your relationships and offer forgiveness to those who have hurt you and make amends for harm you've done to others when possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. For happy are the merciful and happy are the peacemakers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, an important uh, tenet, if you will, of uh, breaking those mended hearts that Rabbi Elush discussed. I mean, mending mending those broken hearts. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, Blessed are the peacemakers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's That's a beautiful thing, and it's a beautiful thing to know going into, of course, the weekend. Ideally, maybe even for those who don't commemorate or celebrate Yom Kippur, maybe just for as a universal principle, it would be a nice resolution to go into every weekend cleaning up and clearing out resentments against fellow man and being as much as you can a peacemaker. But uh, for those that do struggle with these kinds of issues or do, do struggle with these addictions, it's an interesting thing, isn't it, David? An addiction is ultimately self-destructed. Yeah, self-destructive. Yes, of course it will harm people in your orbit, colleagues, family, friends, when you are so self-destructive. But really, first and foremost, you're hurting yourself, and you can't repair yourself until you make good 
with others and stop the bitterness and cease it with as much as a big and loving heart as you can go into the world with your fellow man with. So on that notion, um, we'll end it there. Uh, Thank you for that, David. Uh, Thank you all for a great and productive week. Uh, I wish you the best of weekends until next weekend. Uh, But until Monday, I'm Seth Leapson for David Dahl. God bless you all. Class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.